Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. If I had an MVP vote at ESPN Radio, my MVP would be a wide receiver, and his name would be Harry Douglas. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas in. Obviously, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, We've been together for a couple of hours this morning, having a good time. I want to take a second and just uh, say Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. Uh, and also, as I constantly remind people around the holidays, check on everybody. Just make sure everybody's doing great. It's a really amazing time for a lot of people. It's also a really sad time for some people. So just if you've got people in your life that you uh, you haven't talked to in a minute, just check on them and make sure everybody's doing okay. Uh, want everybody to have a healthy and amazing Christmas. And, uh, you know, there's one team in the NFL that's fighting for the Super Bowl that has an MVP candidate that's getting a running back back. And it could mean all of the difference or not. And it's not Derrick Henry, all right? That's the the trick here. Everybody thinks we're talking about Derrick Henry. We are not. And, in fact, we're talking about Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams. Looks like uh, he's being designated for return. May come back to the field. But, Harry, I'm not sure that you think that makes any real difference. Well, it it only makes a difference if the Rams are going to be loyal and be consistent in the run game. Right now, I think – their M.O. is passing the football, passing the football, passing the football. That year they went to the Super Bowl, they were so well balanced, and the, their run game set up everything that they wanted to do in the pass game because let's, let's, let's make no mistake about it. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, all those guys came from the same uh, Mike Shanahan coaching tree, right? So the thing with that is is that the run game is so valuable to everything that they want to do with a lot of misdirection. So if you're not consistently – running the football or running the football for positive yardage, then how is it, how are you not going to be one-dimensional? Right now, I think the Los Angeles Rams, they're one-dimensional. Now, granted, they started running the football very well against the Jaguars. They ran the ball well against the um, Arizona Cardinals. I thought they did a decent job of it in the second half of the game against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I want to see in in this game game and moving forward, can they continue to be consistent rushing the football? Because if they can't be consistent running the football, and if their offensive line, they got to get some guys back on their offensive line as well. And if their offensive line is not getting that initial push and winning the line of scrimmage, why is it even going to matter that Cam Akers is coming back? It's not going to matter at all. And and I want to get your thoughts on this because there's so much hype for the Rams. And I'm trying to figure out – other than the Packers, who really deserves hype this year? And, and I'll say this. I mean, we all know that Tom Brady is spectacular, and we all know that Tampa Bay is built to try and win Super Bowls, but I, they've been decimated by injuries as well. I, I'm, I'm curious about where they're going to land in all of this. Uh, there, there are questions about the Cowboys, even though I think those questions are too loud. I would put the Cowboys in that conversation. But the Rams are one of those teams that are sort of sitting in the – the weird spot of being very good, but maybe not incredible, right? And yeah. usually we're looking at it saying, like, who's my Super Bowl team? You you are really high on the 49ers. They lose yes. to a Titans team that you're also really high on last night. Has that changed the way that you see the power structure in the NFC? Because, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who the best team in the West is. 
No, not at all, because when you look at the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans beat the hell out of the Los Angeles Rams, and then the 49ers beat the hell out of the Los Angeles Rams. You know what I mean? So those are two teams who are very, very physical and present a physical brand of football. And I just mentioned, right, I want to see this offensive line for the Rams win the line of scrimmage. They haven't been able to do that so far this year. So if they run into a team that's not finesse-like and presents that power, presents that 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 angry uh, presents that physicality towards them, which I, in my mind, I think right now in the NFC, if the 49ers make the playoff, are the 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And thirdly, the Cowboys, when their offensive line is healthy and hitting on all cylinders and Zeke is rushing the football effectively and Tony Pollard is rushing the football effectively, those are teams that can give the Los Angeles Rams problems because they present that physical presence. Everything can't be finesse, and you see a lot this year without that run game being efficient, they, they had to result to the pass game. That's why I keep trying to tell people. It brings up the conversation again with Cooper Cup. They're force-feeding the football to him. Granted, Cooper Cup is amazing. I love what he's doing this year. Very smart, very intelligent, can play the football game of football at a very high level. But the run game has been decimated this year. The run game has not been consistent for the Los Angeles Rams. So they have to throw the football around and dink and dunk and have these little eight-yard catches, seven-yard catches, six-yard catches. That's basically uh, short runs in the run game. Uh, which to me is a little bit of a, a frustration with the Rams. Like, I, again, I think this is like my big theme of this football season is I want continuity in the way that we talk about different teams, no matter what the brand is around them. And so I'm going to use that same argument with the Rams and look at it and say, OK, you're telling me on a team this stacked that has gone all in, they've leveraged the entire future of their draft to try to win right now. They have stars at every position. The coaches managed to get into one quarterback contract, then out of that quarterback contract and now into another quarterback through all of this with this building of a mega team, like the Voltron of teams for the Rams. And I'm sitting there asking questions like I'm looking at McVay and I'm saying, my God, if this were if, if this were the Cowboys logo on the same team's chest, we would be screaming about why they're not better. I, I, I mean, I know that Sean McVay is the wonder child and everybody loves him. I know everybody's all in on the Rams constantly, but I'm looking at this and saying with that amount of talent and the coach that I've been sold a bill of goods is supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. The Rams should clearly be the best team in the NFC and they're not like that's a disappointment to me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And you look at them, like right now they have Tyler Higby. He's out. Robert Woods towards ACL. Robert Woods tenders ACL. That was a huge loss to this team because Robert Woods presented a, a, a brand of football uh, that a lot of wide receivers aren't aren't willing to do. That's blocking. That's rushing the football. Not only doing that, he's also receiving the football, routing people up as well. He can do it short. Uh, intermediate he can do it deep he can do all those things and you they're really missing that presence but at the same time I think late in this year remember how we're talking about the Cowboys and the Rams offensively I don't think they're on the level the Cowboys are right now but we have two teams in the Cowboys and the Rams who are trying to still figure things out this later at this juncture in the season and the playoffs are just right around the corner well and and, and even with what you were just talking about there this is the ultimate hold my beer year if anybody wants to complain about injuries or lack of player availability. Like, the Ravens are sitting over there and just, like, you walk in the room and you you just say the word injury to any buddy around the Ravens, they got the right to slap you in the face. Like, that's just, 100%. They're like, no, I, them, I don't want to Them and the Titans, both of them, both, both <laughs> right. squads. I mean, and, and so then if we want to turn around and say, well, you know, they, they're missing some star players and may not have the depth, that's the decision they made when they went in 
on star players. Like, so I, I feel like the Rams are just sort of, and, and I don't know if it's because the Rams are just out in LA. It's lesser, uh, lesser attention, lesser brand to everybody. It just feels like the Rams are allowed being allowed to skate by being good when their roster says they should be great. And that's just a different, it's a different level of expectation. Cause you're right. They're trying to figure it out at the same time that the Cowboys are figuring it out. But my, my problem is we are sitting here destroying the Cowboys for not having figured it out. And we're looking over at the Rams saying, don't worry, they'll get it. Like, that's a totally different standard. Well, Fitz, I'll tell you this right now. We're going to figure a whole hell of a lot out within these last three weeks of the football season because they have the Minnesota Vikings next on Sunday. Then they have the Balt- – they got to go to Minnesota. They have to go to Baltimore. And then they have San Francisco at home. Now – this is going to tell me a lot about the Los Angeles Rams in those three ball games. If they can go two and one, that'd be good. But if they go one and two or go zero oh and three, we're going to be talking a lot more about these Rams, and it's not going to be in a positive light at all. Well, you know, the one thing that is funny to me is that the Rams are are built so well. I, I mean, in my mind, the on Rams, paper they are, yeah, right on paper. <laughs> and on paper, I'm looking over at the Chargers and saying, man. Whew, they got so much talent. They've got injury issues like everybody, but they've got so much talent. I just keep looking at it saying, is there a shot that we get Rams, Chargers in SoFi for the Super Bowl like that? The How world's not ready for an all-L.A. Super Bowl. <laughs> Hell right? no. No, they're not. <laughs> How crazy would that be, though? I mean, I'm just saying, like, is, we can't the, – the talent on the Chargers roster and also the amount of love Justin Herbert gets, I feel like he's already won a Super Bowl to half the people to cover him. Good God. So, you know, <laughs> I, like, that's my Raider bias coming out in the fact that Justin Herbert gets so much love after so little time. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's out there. By the way, it's not just NFL on Christmas Day. I know we've been talking a lot about it, but the NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in for a Christmas Day doubleheader tomorrow. The Suns host the Warriors, followed by the Nets at the Lakers. Coverage begins at 4.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So even if you want to watch uh, some NFL action, great way to make sure you're up on all the NBA action we've got at ESPN and ABC is to go ahead and throw it up on the radio. This team was absolutely embarrassed the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Huntley is in line to start again the game the Ravens have to win. Tyler Huntley played very well last week, but there is only one Lamar Jackson. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Jason Fitz in for the guys. And we are going to talk some Ravens with ESPN Ravens reporter Jamison Hensley. Jameson, appreciate you joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas Eve. We appreciate your time on uh, on this uh, day of celebration for so many people. And I think we'll just start with the obvious here. Lamar Jackson, system quarterback, right? Tyler Huntley having all the success. It means it's the system, not the QB. I, I would not say, say that. But <laughs> I, think, I, I think it really helps that they have uh, a similar skill set, but they're not. I mean, it, it's not like Tyler Huntley is a Lamar Jackson clone i mean you watch tyler huntley play um he gets rid of the ball quicker than lamar um i think uh, on some of the intermediate passes he's actually more accurate than lamar jackson but he's also not lamar jackson he doesn't have the arm strength that lamar has he doesn't have that breakaway speed that lamar does lamar is a threat anytime he runs the ball to, to score a touchdown huntley's really good at running the ball uh, but you haven't really seen him break a 40, 50 yarder that Lamar Jackson can. So, uh, yeah, they're they're both mobile quarterbacks. Uh, they both know how to elude pressure. They both can throw the ball deep downfield. Uh, but I wouldn't say they're the exact same quarterback. 
but they can run this Ravens offense better than probably any of the other quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Now, Jameson, I got to ask you, has anybody ever told you that you sound like Mike Tannenbaum? Mm, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have not heard that. Most people talk about my Baltimore accent, so uh, okay. that, that's, that's, that's usually what I get. I was confused for a second. Now, back to football. Tyler Huntley, quarterback, um, who played quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens the last time they were out, he had a huge game against the Packers. Do you think if he could, he could have the same success if he's able to start this week? Well, yeah, with Tyler Huntley, too, uh, I think uh, he's just kind of his confidence keeps building and building. Um, this is a, a player who went undrafted out of Utah in 2020 and i asked people i'm like how how did you know after watching that how did he go on draft and they're like well he doesn't fit a lot of other teams offenses so he just kind of falls through the crack and uh, the, the ravens liked him because hey you know he, he can run this offense uh that's very unique uh to a lot of teams so uh i i think they, they everybody you ask about uh tyler huntley they talk about his poise and that at any point he's been in there, it's never been too big for him. That he's always been confident in himself as well. Uh, but this this is a this is a challenge because this is only his third career start, and the Ravens and Bengals. This is a battle for first place in the AFC North. The, the team that wins this game is going to be in the driver's seat with two games left of winning the division and hosting a playoff game. So uh, again, the stakes are very very high. But as far as what they've seen from Tyler Huntley, they don't expect him to panic uh, or do things uh, that could put this team in trouble. Uh, they're very confident. They would love to have Lamar Jackson in there, but if he can't play, they believe with Tyler Huntley, they can go out and beat the Bengals. I promise we'll get to something that's not quarterback related, y'all, but I got to ask one more on this one because, uh, Jameson, it's been such a – uh, fun story, and I'm I'm convinced at this point it's going to be Scott Mitchell all over again. By the way, Google it, kids. He was a quarterback that played like two plays and uh, two games, and it was great. And all of a sudden, got paid from it. So I'm seeing this happen. Yeah. But in a serious question for you, Jameson, like when you look at the way he's played so far, does it make them more cautious in the way that they bring Lamar back, or is it a situation where, frankly, if Lamar's only seventy percent of himself, but he wants to go, he's going to go. Yeah, you know, we asked that question of uh, John Harbaugh uh, on Monday, kind of like Tyler Huntley's played really, really well. So at what percentage kind of does do, does Lamar Jackson need to be for him to be brought back? And he said there's just no definitive formula for that right now. It's, it really comes down to if Lamar Jackson can go out there and he's not limited with in, as far as mobility by this, this uh, right ankle injury, He's going to play, but if he can't practice uh, and he is, he, he's just not Lamar Jackson, then they'll go with Tyler Huntley. And, and believe me, the way Tyler Huntley has played, uh, and, and he's played very, very well, he's exceeded expectations, I believe, for everybody. It has made it a lot easier for them not to feel the pressure of let's rush Lamar Jackson back because it's not a situation where Tyler Huntley has struggled and they're thinking – wow, the only way to save our season is to get Lamar Jackson back out there. That, that's just not the case. So they feel that if Lamar Jackson, he hasn't practiced the past two days, he hasn't been back on the, the field since December 12th when he injured that ankle in Cleveland. It, it really is trending right now for Tyler Huntley playing against the Bengals. Uh, and I, 
really. I, I, I just don't see a scenario right now, unless Lamar Jackson can come out and practice today, practice close to full participation, where we will see Lamar Jackson on Sunday. Now, I want to take it to the defensive side of the ball. Do you think the comments that uh, defensive coordinator Mr. Martindale <laughs> made gave Joe Burrow some bulletin board material going into this game? I, I, honestly, I, it it might have, and it it it's, it it really came from a question of someone asking, uh, "Hey, you do, you tripled and double teamed Devontae Adams last week. Uh, would you do the same against?" Jamar Chase and and you know the Ravens defense coordinator Dominic Martindale said, "Hey, you know what? You know Devontae Adams is one of the top two wide receivers in the NFL, and you know Chase is at number two, uh, and Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and no one's getting ready to fit Joe Burrow for a gold jacket anytime soon. So uh, that that's kind of how you know Dominic Martindale is. He he speaks his mind, uh, but I will tell you this." Now that the, most of the talk this week has been about you know, who's going to start at the, in the secondary for the Ravens because they've had so many issues as far as injuries and COVID. After Don Wink Mardale's question or answer the other day, all all the attention is on him, not his players. So I think in one aspect, he has taken a lot of the pressure off this week off of a lot of players who really don't have a lot of experience playing in the NFL. We're talking to Jamison Hensley, ESPN Ravens reporter on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz in for the guys. And, uh, you know, obviously I can't have you on and not talk to you about the controversial decision making of Harbaugh when it comes to, I don't know, extra points. So uh, question number one, why does he hate kickers? And then question number two, <laughs> uh, given the, I mean, all kidding aside, given the lack of success with the two point conversions and how tight this playoff race is, is he still going to go with his gut? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one thing you can say is that at least John Harbaugh, I mean, you can, you can debate whether he did it, you know, it was the correct decision uh, to go for two or not. But the one thing you can't debate is he's been consistent. I mean, throughout the whole year. And I mean, I know it's gotten a lot of attention this year, but you look at John Harbaugh, uh, even five, six years ago, uh, he was kind of one of the first coaches to really be ultra aggressive and really maximizing uh, extra points and going for two points and going for fourth down and not punting and things like that. So this has kind of been in the making for a long, long time. It's just not this season. And, you know, after the game, I asked John Harbaugh, I said, because of the, the, the failures you've had, especially through the past three weeks, they, they, it's come down to two-point conversions, and they, they failed. Uh, they're two for eight. This year, the six failed two-point conversions are tied for most of the NFL. I asked him, because of that past failures, will that affect your future decisions? He said, no, it's going to be on a case-by-case decision. And we have found that John Harbaugh, he can be stubborn at times, and he will stick to what he believes. He is not afraid to do something because of outside perception. So if in Cincinnati, if it's down to the last minute, and they scored a touchdown to get within one point, I would not be shocked if they go for two points once again, even though two of the past three weeks they've come up short. And and John Harbaugh did make the point, though, this past week. He said if they had made those two two two-point conversions, the one in Pittsburgh and last Sunday against Green Bay, they would be the number one seed in the AFC. So that's how close kind of the the margin for error in the AFC is these days. 
I got to ask you really quick. We've seen the Baltimore Ravens defense double covered and triple team Devontae Adams. Why is he the number one guy in the NFL right now ahead of everyone? Or is he the number one guy ahead of everyone right now? Oh, with Devontae Adams, yeah. I mean, and you look and I think one case you could say is that because the Ravens double and triple team Devontae Adams, he still had 44 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they put you know three of their guys with their attention, the sole thing of stopping Devontae Adams, and they still could not shut him out. Uh, and he just has such a, a good rapport with, with Aaron Rodgers. And they they all they have to do is kind of just give each other a, a look at the line of scrimmage, uh, and they know what each other's doing. So Devontae Adams, again, has a great skill set as far as wide receiver, but it's also his relationship with Aaron Rodgers that makes them both really almost unstoppable in the NFL. Jameson, as always, my friend, we appreciate you. Have a wonderful holiday. Thanks so much for giving us some time on a day that's special for so many people. We appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Thank you. It's Jameson Hensley, ESPN Ravens reporter. Real quick, I got to ask you, Harry. I mean, because Jameson so smartly pointed out, these two-point conversions go differently. The Ravens would be the number one seed. But I would also argue that if they'd just taken the extra point and played for overtime, the same might be said. We don't know. Like, as a player, you're watching a team consistently go out there and find a creative way to, to, to lose these games. Like, you still want to go for two? No, listen, I, I, and I wasn't a big fan of it, especially when you see the uh, the per- percentage of them actually uh, converting those two-point conversions. But it's not there's no no creativity from Greg Roman when it comes to these two-point conversions. you got to understand the one that they just had against the Green Bay Packers. You're cutting off half the football field, doing a sprint out, doing a rollout, not to mention you already had the back end line of the end zone. That's an extra defender. And you put your star tight end out wide where he's not used to playing to go one-on-one. I don't understand none of that concept I think if they had better play calls uh when it come when it came to those two-point conversions I can understand it but the fact that they don't so stop going for them yeah and and real quick I, I have to say loudly for everybody that keeps screaming well the receiver was open in the back of the end zone that was a he, he was not part of the rolling play. he's rolling the, the, right the last thing he's looking for is a receiver that small number one coming into his vision like he he's rolling right and, and they probably told him, hey, Mark Andrews is going to be singled up and this whole nine. So he's not even looking for that. Yeah, I talked to two different guys I know that play quarterback that said that's a one-read route. Like, you're yeah. rolling out, and there is only one read. Doesn't matter who else is open. You're nice. only reading one. So I, people just need to understand that there's more to that than it's part of what we all hated about that. Uh, all right, in the Christmas spirit, we've decided we're going to have a little bit of naughty and nice fun, not in a weird way, but in a way where we're going to break down every team's or every division in the NFL coming down the stretch. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers all over the place. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm Jason Fitz, and I'm sitting with my guy, Harry Douglas. Harry has removed the blazer that was on earlier for TV. He's now going casual wear, Harry, as we get closer to Christmas Eve throughout the course of the show. And the excitement you hear in my voice is because, Harry, it is time for you and I to make a list and check it not once, but, oh, twice. It's time for Naughty or Nice. We're going to bring in Evan, producer extraordinaire. He's going to give us the top teams in each of the divisions across the NFL. We will then decide or debate, depending on which of those teams will be naughty and which of those teams will be bomb, bomb, nice. Everybody understand? Yeah, so nice means they win the division. Naughty means they don't. Let's start AFC East. These two teams play each other this weekend. Patriots, Bills. Who will be naughty? Who will be nice? I actually think the Buffalo Bills are going to be nice and win this game this weekend. I think they're going to win this division after it's all said and done. Yes, I said it. The Buffalo Bills. You have had too much eggnog. The Buffalo Bills are going to be naughty. And and look, I want the Bills. Believe me. I want the Bills to dethrone the Patriots. I want Tom Brady at his Hall of Fame speech, to admit that there's no such thing as the tuck rule and that it was a fumble. And I want to never have to hear another Brady versus Belichick debate on any ESPN show anywhere else for the rest of my life. I want these things, but I'm not going to get any of them. So at the end of the day, I've got to trust in Belichick to take care of the Bills. I really thought the Bills had an opportunity a couple weeks ago. I picked them then. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. The Bills will be naughty. The Patriots will be nice. All right, let's stick with a uh, division where... The top two teams play each other this weekend. Eight and six Bengals, eight and six Ravens. Who will be naughty? Who will be nice? Well, this is funny because I have no idea, but I'm just going to pick one. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm basically going on with them being nice uh, off the simple fact of their history, their culture in Baltimore. It doesn't matter who's out there on the football field. They always have a chance. The Cincinnati Bengals, in my eyes, every time we want to put them on the pedestal, they find us find a way to, to disappoint us. So right now I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens as nice, the Cincinnati Bengals as naughty. Dang it, Harry, this is what you do. Like, there are two people in my life that I've had the opportunity to hang out with that I know could talk me out of my lunch money. Harry Douglas and Jay Will. 
Those are the two guys that I've ever hung out with that I can walk into a room certain of one thing and walk out of the room certain of another. I was certain that I was going to take the Bengals here. And the more you've <laughs> talked about it, the more you're right. Uh, I, I just the, the Ravens, for all of the dumpster fire of injuries and everything they've been through, they are a few plays away from being the number one seed because they've been able to overcome almost all of it. So the Ravens end up nice. The, the, the Bengals end up naughty, but I don't feel good about it at all. <laughs> all right, let's jump ahead to the NFC West. Stay oh. with teams that are a little closer together. Cardinals, Rams, both 10-4. and four. Who will be naughty? Who will be nice? Oh, this is a tough Ooh, one. This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals being nice with the simple fact that their last three games, oh, you know what? No. No, no, this is tough. This is tough because their last three games, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks, and then the brutal schedule that the Rams have the last three games. So you know what? Both of these guys, both of these teams are going to be naughty and going to be nice. Evan, I know this is against the rules, but sometimes I've been a rule breaker in my life and I'm breaking the rules this time. So both of them are going to be naughty and nice. Wait, wait. So who's going to win the division? Uh, That's what I'm saying. I don't even know. Oh, you can't. You, I don't you know. What, what, oh, so that's a great take. You know what? You know what? Would you do that? Stephen if, a. if I yeah, if I was Stephen A, if I was sitting back, Stephen A, would you? Would you? Would you? I don't know me. Harry's <laughs> <Stop. laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play that game. Uh, no, look, it, I, it's cra- it's crazy. Like it's it's. You look at the schedule for both of these teams down the stretch, and you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. Oh, this is what I do know. I do know that the Cardinals have given me so much proof throughout the course of the season, and then they laid an egg. And I'll say this. We give benefit of the doubt to a lot of teams that lay an egg. I wonder if the Lions was a bit of a wake-up call for a franchise that may have needed the wake-up call in that moment. I think the Cardinals wake up, and I think that they end up nice out of this. The Rams end up naughty, and then we can have some really hard discussions about whether or not everybody from the Rams deserves as much street cred as they're getting. Man, the Rams have a brutal schedule down the stretch. Brutal. Harry yeah, broke the when rules. You're, when, you're, when, you're, like, when your whole team is in 99 on Madden, I don't want to hear about your brutal schedule. Like The, the Rams <laughs> should be scared of no one. Everyone should be scared of the Rams, Facts. and they're not. I agree with that. So, you know, disappointment. I'm, I'm, I'm all out on the Rams right now. I'm going to end up eating crow from that from both their fans. Go ahead. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, Harry <laughs> broke the rules, so so am I. Let's go to two teams <laughs> who are in last place in their division. Yep. Steelers, Browns. Who will be naughty? Who will be nice? Basically, give me... Who is a better chance to win this division of those two teams? So well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in here and tell you right now, this is where every one of the talking heads that yells about ties needs to kiss my butt. Just pucker up and kiss it. Because right now, if you look at the playoff standings, that stupid dang tie for the Pittsburgh Steelers is the reason that they're sitting a half a game ahead of teams like, I don't know, the Las Vegas Raiders. The, the, the <laughs> path for the Steelers right now because of the tie actually really really helps them. The Steelers have a legit shot at the playoffs because of a tie that everybody complained about it. So I, I think the Steelers end up nice because of that stupid tie. And next time everybody sits there and says, I hate ties. Why would teams ever go for a tie? You go for the win. No, you go for what helps you the most. And yet again, Steelers getting help from a tie. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm going to use the same thing that I use for the Baltimore Ravens, culture, right? The Cleveland Browns, it seems like to me they don't know how to handle success. They had success last year. We come into this year, we think they're going to win the division. A lot of people, not just me, thought they were going to win the division, but Baker Mayfield has still been But I'm going to go with this. The Pittsburgh Steelers 
They have a game this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs, who's going to probably have a ton of players out. That's the first stepping stone in it. I think the Steelers have a chance to get a win this weekend. That's how it starts off. So I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers being nice, the Cleveland Browns being naughty because they've been naughty so many times we've seen them play this year. I, want I to can't do wait one for more. Mike Tomlin to bring that culture to Vegas next year. I want to do one more, and it was so much fun to do teams in last place. I'm going to do it again. Raiders, Broncos. You Who son of a biscuit. Who finishes a better record? Who's you naughty? Who's <laughs> nice? At the bottom of the NFC of the AFC West. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. According to the little elves that sit there and make tinker toys, known as the stats and info group. I resemble that remark. According to the little elves, the Raiders went out. They got a ninety-five percent of the chance at the playoffs. Now. I'm not saying that it's an easy path. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy to beat the Chargers the last game of the season. And I'm just going to pretend that the Colts decide not to show up for the game next week. But this weekend against Drew Locke, the Raiders can win that game. How do you like that? I think the no, I can't pick them. I can't pick them. It's too much hurt. The, the Raiders are going to end up naughty because I'm not allowed to have nice things. Because I obviously ticked off the Santa Claus of football a long time ago. And now every year, except for one, he kicks me in the no-no places at Christmas time. <laughs> Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm going to actually pick the Raiders, right? I'm going to pick the Raiders. Um, I like Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. I like what he presents to the game of football. Uh, we all know about the fourth quarter comebacks in his in his career. Down the stretch, I think they have, what, the Colts? They have the Broncos, Colts, and Chargers. And then the Denver Broncos, they have the Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I don't, I don't think the Broncos get through that gauntlet. In fairness, by the way, Harry, I did say on Spain and Fitz, I would never pick the Raiders to win another game if they lost to the Washington football team. So I'm just a man <laughs> of my word. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. I'm done picking anything good for my, my, my life. Go ahead, Evan. That's it. Oh, that's all of them. Okay. That was a great job by you, Evan. I really appreciated that. Yeah, Evan fantastic doing, job. doing God's work today on, on Christmas Eve, <laughs> getting us all sorts of set up. Fantastic, fantastic <laughs> job, brother Evan. <laughs> oh, God. Now that I've made the whole room awkward, one expert said earlier on the show that the Patriots-Bills is a must-win. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Harry, if you had to choose, would you rather see me take it? Like, you know, try and, like, steal something from your pocket? All right, 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 hey, y'all. Because I think, I think, like, I don't know. The world doesn't want to see me shake it. The world does want Evan to help us with shake it. I don't want you to see us shake it at all, Fitz. I would like to see you take it. Don't shake anything. Here we go. My tail feathers do shake. Go ahead, Evan. (laughs) Evan's going to give us something. We'll take it. We'll shake it. Super Bowl's in L.A. Both teams in the mix. So the Chargers are more likely to be in the Super Bowl than the Rams. Take it or shake it, Harry. Um, I'm going to take it because the Rams potentially – have a chance to even not even make the playoffs if they lose these last three games. They have a gauntlet of a schedule the last three games, so they better be hitting on all cylinders. I'm taking it. I really want uh, an entire large gospel choir to be in studio with me just one time so that when Harry says that, I can have like, hallelujah, in the background because, <laughs> my God, you were preaching there. But I'm, I'm shaking it. Uh, look, I think we give Justin Herbert – way too much like street cred at this point for everything that we think he's accomplished and the chargers are always great on paper but last time i checked they're not even better than the chiefs and they'd have to beat the chiefs or the titans i'm not taking the the chargers on uh, on the road against the chiefs the patriots or the titans so i don't think the chargers have any shot they have zero shot at the super bowl how do you like that i'm going to give you guys four teams that okay. are in the mix for the seventh seed in the nfc eagles saints vikings Washington football team. The Eagles are the most dangerous of those potential seven seeds. Take it or shake it. I'm shaking that 100%. I think out of those teams, I think it is the Minnesota Vikings out of those four teams. Now, New Orleans and their quarterback situation is so depleted, I would take them if they even had a decent of a quarterback. Right now, two guys that they have at the quarterback position not even playing this week because they're on the COVID list. But I'm going to have to go with – the uh, Minnesota Vikings, because I like Mike Zimmer, his defense. Kirk Cousins, you have Dalvin Cook, you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Osborne, all those guys. So I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings there. And, shake and it. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, it's the Minnesota Vikings. So I shake the, the concept. And I also think that, like, Minnesota Vikings, what's happening to them is what happens to almost every team that meddles in mediocrity. Like, we start to talk about certain teams that are always right around the cusp 
like they're three and thirteen, or in today's environment, three and fourteen. But they're not. Like we talk about the Vikings, like they are just one big, huge Santa sack full of suck, and they're not. Like they are just they're an okay team, and when Kirk Cousins plays well, they can be better than okay. And they've lost a couple of games this year that I think they'd wish they had back that were uh, you know close finishes. Vikings a little better than they're getting the respect for. I liked Harry's uh, analysis of, and for all those reasons, I don't think the Vikings are dangerous. Because of right. Kirk Cousins, because of Mike Zimmer, <laughs> because of the Vikings. Wow, that's fair. That is fair. All right, guys. Patriots-Bills is a must-win, like Mike Reese and Rob Ninkovich said, for New England. Take it or shake it, Fitz. Oh, I'm shaking it. Yeah, I mean, shake every it. game for the rest of the season is so crazy. Like, okay, it's must-win. You beat the Bills, and then you lose the next two. Who cares? So, like, you know, must-win. game. Give me the, the last week, uh, week 18, the 17th game of the season. Give me those two teams playing that day. Maybe it's must-win. But I do think that there's a much bigger chance that, that, that we are talking about must-win when it comes into that last game of the season against the Dolphins. That's going to be more intriguing than people want to give it credit for, especially as well as the Dolphins are playing. And so I'm dancing it. right now in my office. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it because the Patriots still have an opportunity to get a one seed, to get a first round by. I don't need any alibi. There you go, Evan. Yeah, but even if they're not the one seed, we're still going to talk to them like talk about them like they're the second coming as a team. So, yes, go ahead, Evan. No, thanks, I'm Fitz, for talking. Thank you, Fitz, for talking in between me and Harry because I really yeah. didn't want my voice to follow that beautiful yeah. singing. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> fair. Uh, did you guys see Ian Book's going to start this weekend? Uh, oh, yes. Likely for the Saints. So the Saints currently have four quarterbacks on their roster: Ian Book, Trevor Simeon. Uh, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston on the roster. So the Saints quarterback for next year is currently on the roster. Take it or shake it, Harry. I'm going to take it. You weren't specific and said you didn't say starter. So one of these guys will be on the roster. The Saints starting quarterback for next year is currently on the roster. Wow. Harry Douglas just absolutely, like, he routed you right there. Like, he just, he went in, he made the little move with his hips. You didn't know if he was going right or left. You're falling on the field. He's wide open. He's scoring a touchdown. Right now, I'm going to shake it. Because they're going to try to do everything they can to get Russell Wilson in New Orleans. Last year, the mayor had already declared Russell Wilson as one of their own. And Drew Brees was still on the roster. So I'm shaking it. Russell Wilson's going to end up back in Seattle. Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. And the the... Saints are going to be dug in on Taysom Hill yet again. That's the problem. Pride on Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill is going to get another shot next year. So I think given the contract they gave him, they're going to give him other opportunity to earn the job if they want to. So I'm going to take it because I think pride will keep Taysom Hill in that situation. All right, Fist, you go first this time. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams will be teammates next year. Take it or shake it. This is really hard. What I want, I want to take it. And it could solve what I think is the big dilemma for Vegas. It gives them, like, you put that tandem together on billboards, people will people will respect it. Like, people will respond to it. Respond to it. I'm, man, I'm going to take it. Uh, I'm going to take it this week and then probably shake it next week. But, I mean, teammates in Vegas. Teammates, let me, caveat, in Vegas, not in Green Bay. Teammates in Vegas, I, I, I think I'm going to take it. All right. I'm going to take this. Uh, because the simple fact that back in 2018, when I was still trying to play another year, I went out to California. 
and I had the opportunity to work out with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Those guys are best friends. They do everything together. They are inseparable, and I think if there's any quarterback that Devontae Adams wants to play with not named Aaron Rodgers, it will only be Derek Carr. So I am going to take it. What I just heard there is that you have, in my mind, Derek Carr's phone number, which means like later today there's going to be a group text that's like, hey, DC, you should meet my buddy Fitzy, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm going to become besties with my favorite team's quarterback. Thanks, Harry. I appreciate it. That's a great Christmas <laughs> present. One more quick one, guys. Need a quick answer here. Christmas Day hoops better than Thanksgiving football. Take it or shake it. <laughs> Evan, I am shaking that. I, I am shaking that. I'm all for the football. I think there's. I think Thanksgiving football has lost its luster because of Thursday night football. So I'll take it. Next up, a new Super Bowl contender has entered the mix. We'll tell you about it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.